MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports simplified. Head on over to PrizePix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And next, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to betterfantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy dot com slash S-G-P-N. And while you're downloading apps, don't forget to download the S-G-P-N app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Right there in the palm of your hand, download it wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 91. We're up to already, so this will dedicate this to the year 1991. Uh, a great year for music, great year to meet a future wife, a great year for your associate co-host to turn to. Just great, <laughs> great year all around. I'm not mentioning who I'm talking about. I'm just saying in general. It's a very general statement, although. So, hi everybody. Thanks for coming to the podcast. I would be Jeff Fox, your host. Hopefully, you listen to us on our MMA Gambling Podcast feed. If not, make sure you pop over there and subscribe to that so you can get us in your ear holes as soon as we record uh, the sgpn uh, feed puts us out a day or so later and you don't want that because we give you hot hot picks on this podcast that you need to jump on immediately we have a lot of power we move lines on this podcast um leanna jojua screwed us out of a out of a uh, underdog pick last week, and now she doesn't have a job anymore <laughs> we got i wouldn't say that's a coincidence we got power here um, the other half of this power couple, um, he's got a lot of nicknames, a fan, I guess, I guess we can call him a fan because he said he liked the podcast. A fan on Twitter called him the linguist today because he's so good at pronouncing names. I don't appreciate any complimentary n- nicknames for Mr. Gumby, but uh, that's what he says his name is. And I- I'm going to be known as the almighty, which I do approve of. So, um, let's say hi to the linguist, Daniel Vreeland. So the linguist would be a unique MMA nickname. I don't think there's a linguist out there. The the almighty, on the other hand, I do believe you'd have to fight Arnold Allen for that. Yeah, which, of course, I obviously fought uh, uh, Joe Horn for for my nickname. So that's how nicknames work, right? Like, don't you have to fight, fight the guy for the nickname? We're in wrong weight class. Uh, you don't think I can cut from 155, so that's the 45, 45 for Arnold Allen. That's great. No, I definitely cannot do that. So I I don't even remember when I was 145. Probably grade, <laughs> maybe grade 9, I guess. Maybe grade 8. I, I think the last time I was 145 pounds was, was 10th grade. 
because uh, I, okay. I, I went into my freshman year of high school weighing 92 pounds because uh, I was a real wow. little guy. Yeah, and then I weighed 220 when I graduated. <laughs> wow, somebody got on some juice, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's definitely what it was. That's, TRT it was, and juice. It was and... all muscle. I had the Chuck Liddell pot belly. Yeah, like it was definitely it was definitely that and not like, you know, a foot of height in uh, – a newfound love for being able to drive myself to get pizza. <laughs> wow, pizza! Oh, yes, you, you had to drive places where because you lived yeah. in the middle of nowhere, correct? Yeah, we didn't, you couldn't get anything delivered to our house. I'm pretty sure you <laughs> still can't get it to anything delivered to my parents' house. Uh, I think for wow. a while they had like they had like one shop that was like willing to, but it was like a twenty dollar charge just to consider driving that way. <laughs> No mountain climber willing to bring things to your parents? Too bad. No, no, no. They got to get a Sherpa. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So this is a, if you the first time you're tuning in, this is the type of stuff you're 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 going to hear lots of on this year podcast, especially in the weeks to come, because we've got a barren uh, MMA schedule coming up, Dan, which uh, which is a little worrisome. What, what kind of nonsense are we going to get ourselves up to when there's no UFC next week? There's not really much of anything next week. I no. was just trying to find other promotions that might be holding fight guards next week. There is Bupkis. Uh, oh, that's I, an amazing one. That reminds me. i got to remember what it's – go ahead. You can keep going. i got to remember what it's called. I found it on Sure Dog. I'm like, oh, that's a great name for a fight promotion. <laughs> wonder if Dan knows it. Um, you were looking – it's on the 27th or the, the – uh, I'm not sure. I got to, Oh, yeah, this is also the podcast where we look things up while we're, <laughs> while we're, while we're recording. And, and know, do math. Did you know Henan Barrow was fighting this weekend? I heard he was coming back, yes. Which, yeah. what, where is he now? Premier FC, which is like maybe 15 minutes down the road from where I live. Oh, uh, are you going? It, I'm not going, uh, mostly because I think I asked that place for media credentials one time. Uh, and got turned down, which is funny because, like, I've, I've been a media credentialed member for Bellator and World Series of Fighting and the UFC. And for some reason, Premier FC uh, turned me down. Maybe it's just because I don't uh, cover enough of their stuff. But, uh, yeah, they turned me down, and I was like, I am not about to pay $80 to watch Henan Brown. Get get this. Check out this other MMA legend fighting yeah. on this fight card. Marcus Davis. Oh, wow. He's still... <laughs> The Irish hand grenade, you mean? The Irish hand grenade, Marcus Davis, wow. will be fighting. And if I'm not mistaken, the guy he is fighting is like 3-13 and 13 on his career. Beautiful. Well, That's the biggest great. promotion biggest promotion in the world is running next week. One championship, so we can cover that for sure. Um, That's uh, right? yeah, 7 billion <laughs> viewers. You- can you even bet on that anywhere? Like, it's, uh, not it's, usually. Sometimes lines. they show them tape delayed. So, like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I suppose we could we could cover that triad combat that's next. Oh week. yeah, that's coming up too. Isn't nope. that, uh, is Frank Mir boxing on uh, that? I think and, so. Yes. And Matt Mitrione, if or no, Matt Mitrione's in a bare knuckle MMA fight. Uh, oh boy, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> MMA careers do not end nice 99 percent of the time, do they? No, they end really ugly. Yeah. Oh, here's a promotion we're, we're going to cover next week. Bizarro promotions. <laughs> Bizarro. B- I mean, spelled incorrectly, of course. B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O promotions. Bayfront Brawl 11 from the Bayfront Convention Center, Erie, Pennsylvania. You, you feel like making the trek there, Dan? I think I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Nic- Nikolai Giante versus Victor Guarello is the main event. No? Oh, yeah, I nope. Eh, I'm gonna pass on that one. Right. I've heard those names before. 
Wow, that shows you how bizarre this organization yeah. is. Dan, I've never heard of we it. We got a lot of a regional fight promotion. We could exactly. cover Firepower Three live from Sacramento. Sure, <laughs> if you want. Whatever. So, may, uh, whatever you you listeners. That that to you, be fair, as a as an Ultimate Fighter veteran in the main event. <laughs> who is it, Dan? So it comes back to tough as usual. Aaron, Aaron Phillips. He was on the last season Ultimate yes, Fighter. Andre Petrovsky okay. beat the hell out of him. <laughs> so yeah. It, Listeners, whatever you want us to cover. I'm sure Jong will have a million ideas for us. So uh, Superfan Jong on the SGPN Slack channel, which y'all should get in on. Um, yeah, w- whatever you people want us to cover on the Thanksgiving, the American Thanksgiving week, let us know. And then I guess the end of the year, we'll we'll have end of the year stuff we can cover. So we, we may not need your help then, but definitely next week we're going to need your help for sure. Because we don't want to have to put in too much effort in this, right? No, we never we never try to. We're supposed to be off the cuff and, uh, and um, freestyle the whole thing, so we can't really be putting too much work into things here. No. We have an event to cover this week, luckily, though. Um, before we get to that, let me tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet a dollar and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you, I'm talking about you, can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a, final, a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. For example, if you bet 100 you get a $200 free bet. Max wager match is 750 bucks so they'll give you 1500 match max now dan screwed you over with the, with the last bonus suggestion because who was it you picked uh you picked denver over dallas and that did not happen dan no denver looked terrible so i yes. i blew it i blew it on that one so so do so you make, want one make, for today make, no yeah you, you gotta you gotta make it up to the people man I probably shouldn't do it for today, right? Today would be – this isn't going to air in time for anybody to put a basketball wager on a Wednesday night. So Thursday – You tell me how, how quick you get it out. Uh, yeah, not that quick. Uh, <laughs> Thursday, let's go against Denver. I'll take uh, okay. I'll take the Sixers getting eight. In, okay. It's in Denver, but I'll take the Sixers getting eight. All right. Uh, I don't know about that, guys, but anyhow. Great promos. Uh, the payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From Booster Parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports. Bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Even if you take Dan's advice, it's it's not your money. Anyway, it's WinBet's money, so it doesn't matter if you lose. So, uh, How about PropSwap, guys? We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a bet you like, but think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price you think is fair, and then buy it. Use the promo code SGP, of course, on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash because double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, any other news or anything we should cover before we get into this here card here, Dan? Uh, obviously, the huge news is Liana Joa is gone, right? Obviously, that's the big news. I mean, we pretty much said that we thought she might be, like, or you said she might be. I, I thought they'd give her another chance based on the yeah. fact that she's Missing young. weight didn't help. Yeah, missing weight probably hurt. So, uh, yeah, like, 
Um, no, nah, I think I we're good. Think, yeah, I don't think there's any. There hasn't been any. I guess most of the champs probably are are, are uh, already have stuff uh, coming down the the pipe. Do you say down the pipe or down the pike, Dan? Uh, I've you personally, said, I've said down the pike. Yeah, um, it, it down, is, down like a uh, turnpike, right? That's yeah, yeah, because it's coming that towards was. you. Not that not that things don't go down pipes too, but I think yep. they go down pikes in that case. Yes, we don't have turnpikes up here, though. Do you know that we don't have freeways either? They're what, highways, what is, Dan. Highways. Well, we have we have highways too. Do we have eighty five yeah. different things we call no, places where you drive cars fast? <laughs> <laughs> places. That reminds me of The Simpsons, which we haven't talked about for a while. You remember what? Uh, who was it? It was Mo. Remember what Mo calls a garage? Oh, uh, oh shit! This is good too. There, I think was it when they were, it was when they were playing poker. It was the Kenneth Gene episode, I believe. Garage. Listen to this guy with his garage. <laughs> it's what is what Mo said in his voice. He goes, "It's a car hole." I think it's a car hole. He calls it a car hole. <laughs> so. I'll buy I that. I think so. Yes. All right. The event we were going to talk about, since there's no other news. Um, other than everyone uh, making fun of Conor McGregor looking like a maniac walking in front of the TV watching Max Holloway, I take it you saw that video of him yeah, stalking back and forth. I, I didn't. I didn't find it as cringy as most people did. Like no. at this point in time, he's punched an old man in a bar, a DJ, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly. Um, so like, if he wants to stay home, like I feel like we should do everything we can to promote yep. that. That is true. <laughs> That yeah, is true. Like, it looks like a happy household, let me tell you. Yeah, worst thing there is that like he might have to buy a new TV, and it didn't even seem like all that big or expensive of one. So. No, that's the thing. I know. He seemed like he was slumming it there a bit. Law, lawsuit, lawsuit from Machine Gun Kelly is probably a lot worse than that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I I don't mind it so much. Like, everybody's been trying to sell fights in their own way. I prefer that yeah. to anything Henry Cejudo has ever done to sell a fight, including getting potential opponents' Uh, faces printed on throw pillows. So um, it's so great that that he retired and they're just like, okay, like, I I feel like he didn't really want to retire either. That's that's one of my favorite things of all time. It's like, yeah, I just, he he ends that fight and he's like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. I'm going to step away. And you could tell on the look on his face, he was like, this is going to earn me so much money. (laughs) And they were just like, years ago was that? (laughs) Yeah. And now he just tries to be like, you know, Dana, if you just give me that fight with Alex Volkanovsky, I'll come back. And you know, Dana's like, I'm not even answering that call. Like he yep. he knows he knows what he did. <laughs> we are we are good without you. Yeah, the uh, I like when people get their bluffs called, and it's been years and years. Uh, he's still on the sideline. So yeah, and Someone, I, don't get hmm. me wrong, I'm I'm pro fighter getting better pay, but like yep. that's that's not the way to do it. That's like bluff that you're gonna leave uh, when. You couldn't mean less to the UFC. Like I think he exactly. thought he with two titles, he was instantly Conor McGregor. Uh, they let Con, they let Conor leave for ages. They let John Jones leave for ages. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. The, the machine keeps rolling. And they, uh, I have a nice segue here. They let Misha Tate leave for ages, right? And she's back. Yeah, I, I don't know so. that they let let no. her leave. She, she, that was a real. I think that was a real retirement. No, it wasn't. She had to go work for the biggest promotion in the world. She helped make One <laughs> FC the largest promotion in the world. But she's back in the UFC. She's slumming it and come back to the UFC. She will be headlining a card uh, for the first time after making her comeback fight a few months back and after just getting over COVID. That doesn't really seem to be an issue, though, because I guess every fighter is getting over COVID at this point, right? I have, we haven't really noticed anyone really compromised in a fight with it at all. Even, like, uh, Chim- Chimaev, who supposedly was, like, close to death, did not 
look any worse for the wear from it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, unless yeah. there's some out there that we don't know because there are yeah, some undisclosed. So that, there yeah. might be some in there. No, the maybe that's reason, what I'm, maybe that's what I'm blaming my next uh, maybe that's what I'm blaming my next bad pick on. Perhaps the reason I'm bringing it up is like when I do the all the okay, fine. I actually do research for for the podcast. I don't just have all these stats in my head like Dan does. But uh, I contemplate whether mentioning someone's coming off COVID or not because it doesn't really seem to. I don't have the stats. I didn't crunch numbers, but it doesn't really seem to to have made much of a difference in cage at least. So, but regardless, I've mentioned it now. Um, Reason I mention is because the this fight Ketlin Vieira versus Misha Tate was supposed to take place at Aspen Lad versus Norma Dumont back at October 16th, but um, Tate po- tested positive, so it's been bumped up to here, and now they get to main event. So it all worked out well for them. Uh, this we going down as per usual from the USC Apex in Enterprise Nevada. We've learned that's not technically Las Vegas; it's from Enterprise Nevada. Um, seeing if there's anything, but we have a lot of late replacements. Well, not late, fairly late replacements. We're living in the past, uh, less than a month, which is what I consider late replacement. I'm just seeing if we had any fights outright. We have Malcolm Gordon, Denny's Bondar, which has been bumped ahead down the line, but I don't think anyone's crying too much about that. Even, even Dan isn't crying too much about that. Um, Augusto, Augusto Sakai tied to Ibasa would have been, that would have been nice to actually, uh, just put on this card because it's a little thin, but that's been scrapped and, isn't taking place until the, the next pay-per-view next month. So uh, it's not the I, – I like the card. There's a lot of good matchups and fighters I'm interested in seeing, but it's not uh, it's not a star-packed, um, star-studded um, card by any means. I rank the cards over um, my MMA site, MMA-Manifesto.com, on the, on the fight card. A page for each card, and this one did not fare very well because it's, it doesn't have a lot of super high-ranked fighters in it, um, let alone in, in the main event. The main event fighters aren't super ranked because Tate's been out forever. So enough wasting time. Let's actually get down to things. Um, how did you find this event to handicap? Or make pretty damn, picks, pretty damn tough. Every fight yeah. seems to be like, I mean, there's a couple that are like negative 125 to plus 105, plus yep. 110 to negative 130, negative 115, negative 105. Like just, just looking up and down best fight odds. Now there are so many, like razor close fights and and I think you know they're they're as tough to pick as that suggests um yeah, even some of the ones I, think, I feel more comfortable about are still only like you know negative 160 and stuff like that yeah well that's good we can make some money i think the biggest or at least when i did the research yesterday the biggest odds we had was minus 425 for fighters so usually you see like even like last week's main event for instance was minus 700 for max holloway so um it's it's a pretty good booked card that way. I was actually flying through like my picks wasn't really any question marks through basically through all of the main card and then uh, got a little sticky in the prelims with some of my choices. I, I've I've uh, yeah, got still a few up in the air, but uh, whatever Dan takes, I will take the opposite. And then um, smart betters know what side to take, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's your goal, right? <laughs> like on the prelims, you never just trail what I do. No, <laughs> never. Never just for sure. Well, actually, fine. You want me to make all the prelim picks first? I will, Dan. If you want to oh, count, okay, I will do it. Oh, I, I actually think that that would be a fun game. Yeah. Okay. We haven't ever We haven't ever done that before. That's a fun game. I, right? I, feel bad giving, I feel bad giving my picks beforehand, but if you want me to give them before you, I, I'm quite all right with that. Let's start. I like let's it. do it, like, Dan. Let's, let's do it. Let's make this the first time ever. I'll do the main card, though. Okay. Because, I'll, I'll go first on the main card. All right. That's fine. Because now that Dan knows he has no chance of catching me in the money lead or in the in the um 
just the overall wins and losses lead. Now he's got to come up with other other reasons why he's losing. Like I, I'm I'm cheating. I'm, I'm if I'm trailing you though, I shouldn't be ahead of you. That's the thing, Dan. I know where not to <laughs> trail you, right? I know when to when to hold him, when to fold him, when to walk yeah. away from Dan. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you you walk away from like a plus four twenty five uh, underdog that that hit. So who was um, that again? Gerald Mearshart the third, <laughs> my friend. Go, he's taken he's taken over for who? Uh, he took over for Montserrat Ruiz, who there was my, my previous darling. I feel I, like I we can find another one. We can find another darling at some point in time. Well, your par, I thought your parlay was going to take over that you hit the other week. Plus. Oh, the plus, plus thirteen hundred is is why all the fans like me better than you, anyway. Yeah, it's not not <laughs> as fun to say as Gerald Mearshart the third is much funner, more 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 fun to say than um, than plus thirteen hundred. So let's start with women's strawweight, shall we? Luana Pinheiro versus Sam Hughes. If I mispronounce anything, linguists, make sure you let me know. Okay. <laughs> Seems like you got that one right, Luana Pinheiro. In, uh, Pinheiro. Sam uh, you know Sam Hughes's nickname? She's got one of those nicknames yeah, that we yes. enjoy. It's the Sam Page. The Sam Page. That's one of our favorite nicknames. And Pinero's is the, the Pin Page. Did you know that? It, I, it's definitely not the Pin Page. I, <laughs> no. I don't know if she has one, but I, it took me a second. I was like, wait a second. There's no way it's the Pin Page. Her nickname is Blank. Is her name actually Pin Hey Ho? Is that what they're going to say on the podcast? Uh, on I the uh, telecast? Yeah. I think it's Pinero. Yeah. Did they actually say yeah. the R. They don't say Hey Ho. No, 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 not not that deep in a word. I don't think, and, it, and you <laughs> almost have to like someone. I think you almost have to roll it if, at that yeah. deep in the word too. Um, oh, it was, that, it was it was my favorite. Marina Hot Heeg has uh, they they do it all the way through that one for some reason. Yeah, but that's right. that's that's not as late in the the word as as Pinero is. If you um, if listeners are getting frustrated by this you're not going to like what the podcast next week when you're, we have no events to talk about because you're, be you're also you're also going to hate this next fight when we talk about that pronunciation oh title. yeah that's true <laughs> all right let's do it uh sam page sam hughes five and three one knockout three submissions she is zero and two in the ufc she's only won one of her last four fights she used to fight at bantamweight she used to fight at flyweight this one is down at strawweight she's taking this on short notice she took well, at least one of her other UFC fights short notice, right? Her debut maybe was short notice. Yeah, she fought uh, Tisha Torres on short notice. Oh, that's an easy win then for her, right? No problem. It, you can beat Tisha Torres short notice. <laughs> um, uh, let me see what else I can tell you. So, not surprisingly, she will be bigger of the two since she's fought two weight classes up. She's three inches taller, two inches of reach, plus three ten. She's the biggest dog on this card. So this is a very very well put together fight card for at least on paper, uh, competitive wise. All right, Pin Page uh, is nine and one, two knockouts, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight. One and zero in the UFC. She won via disqualification where Ronda Marcos, R.I.P. Uh, from the UFC, my fellow Canadian got uh, just got fired, but she lost via up illegal up kick. Um, so Pinero won. Panera was dominating that fight, though, right, up to that point? Yeah, she she had landed, like, five or six takedowns at that point. Right, right. Okay, she also was 1-0 in Contender Series. She's won seven straight fights. All of all of her wins uh, outside of the disqualification have been finishes. So she's six straight finishes and then disqualification. She's got striking stats in her favor, plus she's one and a half times more active striking. Uh, grappling stats in her favor, minus 425. If you want to learn more about her, MMA-Manifesto.com. There's a very good article on her written by a, a very handsome um, associate host who who turned two in 1991. Um, 
obviously this is an easy pick. Pin pin page is the obvious pick here, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And in addition to that, it, it's just a shame we're talking about this fight now because if you go back to when this fight was first posted, um, in, in some books, Sam Hughes was as small as a, like, a plus, I think I saw it, plus 165 in one sports book. Um, she originally really? was listed at. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it was even it was, even the short notice and everything. Wow, it was plus one sixty to start, um, and she's blown up in, as a huge dog, and, and rightfully so. Pinheiro is so much better of a fighter, and Hughes had a whole bunch of trouble with Loma Lugbume taking her down. She like foot swept her like like five times. And don't get me wrong, Loma Lugbume, who we'll talk about later on the the fight card, is is like good at foot sweeps because she's a Thai style boxer, but like. If you're having trouble with a tie fighter taking you down and you're about to fight a judo black belt, like, that's never gonna go well for you. So, yeah, I got Pinheiro here. She is also a hell of a finisher, which is worth noting. Yeah, um, yeah like I that, said there, yeah. You know, Hughes, Hughes is tough as hell, but, like, yeah, it, it's worth thinking about that. You might hear a little bit more later on when we hit the props. Oh, Dan's always good at teasing all of you. Um, yeah, case, um, just to reiterate what Dan was saying, the line, 56% of the line has moved, uh, over to Pinheiro since opening. So yeah, too bad. You can get in on that earlier. Um, plus as long-term list, listers know, short notice fighters do not fare well over the past year. Like I said earlier, short notice, um, considering less than a month or a month. Yeah. Less than a month. Um, are only winning 39% of the time. Plus, the Sandpage is a bit uh, overmatched here, too. So that's probably the end of Sandpage in the UFC, unfortunately. Um, but that's that's way the cookie crumbles. So Pinero yeah, is the I, pick. I think, I think her problem is she just got to the UFC bush before she belonged there. Like, she, she got to the UFC yeah. after five fights. She was still losing. Like, she was still losing at regionals and stuff. Yeah, so, like, she lost to Vanessa Demopoulos, who's in the UFC yeah. and doesn't belong in the UFC. And also, she's only been a pro since February of 2019. So she's been a pro for about three years um, and has fought, like, you know, like, Vanessa Demopoulos is, like, maybe the only name you would ever have heard uh, yeah. out of the people she fought. And she was pretty bad on the, on the, as a amateur, too. She was, like, 3-3-1, three, three and one, um, although one of those losses was to Lupita Godinez. So, um, not really a terrible loss, but, yeah, like, she, she just got to the UFC too fast. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this and Sandpage is all over us, right, Dan? I don't I don't know what that would look like, but uh, I, don't, no, I don't think I'd like it either. I don't want to find out. <laughs> nope, I don't want to find out. All right. Featherweights, Sean Soriano versus Shia Lan. Actually, he's – if you want to be really lazy, you can call him Shia Lan because that, that's where I see a lot of places are just calling him. Like his first name, they're breaking it into two. Um, like it's his first and last name. But his real name is Shia Lan Nerdan Beaky. I remember t- doing him last time. Uh, yeah, Wolverine. I think you got that right too, by Nerdan Vicky. As close as I'm going yeah. to, close as a Canadian's going to get uh, a difficult Chinese name. Um, he's a Wolverine. I can say that Wolverine um, Soriano. Now this is one of the fights where I'm like, do I really have to pick a winner here? <laughs> going through the resumes, like, do I really have to pick someone who's going to win this fight? Can this be a double knockout or something? Um, maybe if Herb, Herb Dean's uh, reffing, maybe this could be some kind of double knockout situation. So, um, all right, Wolverine. Nerdambiki, 1907, nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been subbed four times in his career, so that seems to be the Achilles heel here. He's 0-1 in the UFC, used to fight upper weight class at lightweight. He's five years younger, grappling stats in his favor, plus 220. Is he Chinese Performance Institute uh, person thingy? 
Dan? I I don't I sure. can't remember if he is or not. Let me double check. Yeah, he fought for WLF a bunch of times, Probably but not the right. not the last couple of fights before he got to the UFC. Oh, okay. So uh, maybe maybe not. He's listed as Long Yoon MMA Gym, which I don't believe is associated with it. So I don't I don't know necessarily. His profile okay. doesn't necessarily fit it. So I'm stereotyping, is what you're saying, Dan? He, I mean, that a right? Chinese guy goes to the Chinese performance. I don't. I think <laughs> yep. that's maybe a safe stereotype. Canadians like hockey. What? Um, <laughs> all right, Sean, Sor- Sean Soriano, fourteen to seven, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been subbed five times in his career. Hey, maybe we'll get a double submission. That would be good, right? Both guys pass out at the same time. Yeah, I mean that would happens be in wrestling, special. right? It'd be pretty special. It would be. Uh, he is zero and four in the UFC over two stints. Um. He lost via submission his last fight. How did he get back in? Was he a short notice replacement last? He was fight? a short notice, but he had a really good record on the regional scene uh, to get him back into. He he beat Saul Almeida, who's like a pretty highly touted uh, northeastern prospect um, right. who had been around for a bunch of times, fought in Bellator. He also beat Nod Lahat uh, at UAE Warriors, which is yeah. a – He's a guy who um, was in the UFC for a short period of time. Um, but, yep. yeah, then, then uh, Chris Osiagos was supposed to fight Yoel Alvarez, uh, who backed out of a fight. Oh, he, he has a he has a soft spot in our heart for him now, right? Yoel we Alvarez. sure do. Plus, plus 200. He is right behind the Montserrat Ruiz level. <laughs> he is. All right, Soriano. That's how he got back. Dan always has the back story, or he lies very quickly and smoothly, <laughs> and no one's called him on it. One or the other. Um he used to fight up a weight class at lightweight, if I hadn't said that. Or, no, actually, that's Nerdambiki I'm looking at. Yes, both of them, actually. Soriano used to fight at lightweight, too. Inch taller, one inch reach, striking stats in his favor, three times more active a striker, minus 290. I guess I'll take Soriano, but like I said, this is a fight that I really don't want to take out of the guy. Uh, I'm taking uh, Shailon. Uh, you just want I, to say I, the name, that's why. Shailon Nerdambiki. Uh, so, first Ringless. of all, I, I'm taking him on a couple of premises because first of all, if I was, if I felt fifty fifty like you do, and one of them is okay, going to yeah. give me that kind of return, I'm definitely yeah. going with the person giving me the plus two forty five. Um, whereas Soriano, you know, I I don't, dude, he's zero and four, and three of his losses have come by submission. He's up against a guy with good takedowns, like like Shayuan didn't look amazing against Josh Colabao. I'm not, like, getting excited about watching him fight, but he did score two takedowns early in the fight and kind of got tired towards the end of the Josh Colabao fight, which, to be fair, Josh Colabao keeps a good pace. Uh, but Sean Soriano's a guy who gets subbed all the time. Like, he gets take. He has never had a UFC fight where he didn't get taken down three times, uh, which is bad, uh, especially against the guy who shot 12 takedowns in his last fight. So, yeah, I'm going to take the guy with the takedowns and the submission skills to submit the guy who likes to get submitted. All right. Now, I don't feel so hot about it, but usually usually it doesn't matter. I usually win. These <laughs> uh, you, you're, you're one of those, if in doubt, go. you're a true gambler. You're If in doubt, you go with the plus money. I'm if in doubt, okay, I'll take the, the odds say the favorite is the favorite for reasons, so I'll take the favorite. But you're a true Dijan Dan. You always, I notice, seem to go to the, the dog if, if you don't know who to pick. I'm looking. For, I'm looking for the edge. He is looking for the edge. Big money. Big money. All right. Um, this could that pick could just be Superfan Jong. 
drilling into my head that I shouldn't pick any more Chinese players. <laughs> it, it, it could be a racist pick on my behalf. I don't know. I hope, hopefully not. Well, I guess we'll find if, out next. If, the very if next super day, fan, right? if super fan Jong is getting subliminally in your head, we might have to uh, reevaluate no. how could much be time a problem. Slack channel. <laughs> I'm going to eat lots of good food if if he's getting in my head though. He uh, he knows where to eat. All right. Um, we'll see if I like Chinese fighters or not because we got one coming up. Right, flyweights, Cody Durden versus Quiling Aori. Um, with I believe we were talking about his problematic nickname before, right? The Mongolian murderer, but he's yeah, not we Mongolian. Could, we couldn't confirm. Yeah, we couldn't confirm whether or not he was Mongolian. So, yeah, yeah that might be a problematic nickname. I don't know. <laughs> if he if he is Mongolian, then okay, fine. He he's just a murderer, right? But if yeah, he's that's, not that's Mong- fine. Yeah. yeah, if he's not Mongolian, then he's uh he he's like committing genocide, which which we do not stand for on this podcast. Murder, that's fine. Genocide, no. That's where you put our foot down, right? Uh, I, sure. Yep. I'll allow it. <laughs> we will put our foot down on genocide. All right. The Mongolian murderer, Aori, 18 and 8. Five knockouts, two submissions. He's been subbed himself three times. He's only won the UFC. He used to fight up weight class at Bantamweight. Two inches of reach, two years younger, two and a half times more active striker. But we're talking one fight for him and only two for Durden in the UFC cage that we got stats for. Uh, plus 128. Jordan, Mr. No Nickname, 11-3-1, five knockouts, five submissions, a very well-rounded finisher there. He's been subbed himself twice. He's 0-1-1 in the UFC. He lost via submission his last fight. He also used to fight up at Bantamweight. He's a VF champ. I didn't write Valor fights, maybe? Is that what VF is? Yeah, pro- yeah it's probably Valor fights because he's from that area, too. All right, Monet. Dan even knows what area these these regional promotions are. Val- Valor fights is out of like Tennessee and stuff like that. There you that, go. That that general midwestern southerny area. Midwestern southerny. Spoken like a. Hopefully, you're a geography teacher in your other life, Dan. But, <laughs> uh, he's minus one sixty. I'm going. I'm going plus money here. I'll take Ari. Uh, both another one of the fights where I don't really want to take either guy, but I like Ari's. Um, be more active striking. I like his slightly larger uh, wingspan. Um, I think I went over the resumes, and his resume was, you know, uh, the people he's fought are are good enough. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go Ari on here and try to get plus 128. And I'm going to differ with you again. I'm going to take Cody Durden. I think uh, – so Durden, while he lost that last fight by flying triangle choke, uh, he was looking really good in that fight. Um, he won pretty much every moment of that fight against Jimmy Flick, who I was big on Jimmy Flick. Um, and he outboxed Jimmy Flick. He wrestled Jimmy Flick. He had Jimmy Flick turtled up for a little bit and was landing punches. Then uh, Jimmy Flick threw a, a stupid-looking kick, and he caught it. And then Jimmy Flick jumped into a triangle and finished that. So, I mean, like, it's a very weird loss. And before that, he he drew with Chris Gutierrez on short notice, who... I, I got a lot of respect for Chris Gutierrez. I think he's phenomenal. So I'm really high on the competition Cody Durden's fought, and I think he's a, probably a better wrestler than Kilangiori here too. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Cody Durden. I'm, I'm going to take my second difference from you here. Oh, boy, I'm not feeling so well, – I should feel good. I don't know why I'm still not confident, Dan. I'm at 60% for the year, okay? I, I just sound I, like I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know what I'm talking <laughs> about. And if I, if I was just trailing you, I would be at 55% like you are, okay? I'm, I mean, I'm telling myself you, this. this is, you just this partially idea. trail me. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, let's tell you about a couple uh, other sponsors here. Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards, 
when you're about to hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. Brand is a brand new company looking to grow the early adopter community. Slick app and fun to use. One of the reasons we love it is that they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get on some prop bets on Bettor Fantasy. Totally free to play. Download today for iPhone or Android. Check them out. Bettor Fantasy slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. Also, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. PricePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PricePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only re- recording a handful of minutes each game. PricePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. If you're talking basketball, obviously, that's all basketball stats. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive 100% instant deposits. So all of you listeners that use our promo code, which would be, of course, SGP. Um, 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks if you use SGP. How it works is you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Price picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code SGP. Get your 100% instant deposit match up to $100 or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. Speaking of NBA DFS, make sure you check out the SportsGamblingPodcast.com site tomorrow. Dan will have his DFS picks for... The Thursday night slate. I haven't been following up on your picks. How have your picks been doing so far this season, Dan? So, so last week was a little sour. I, uh, I, I'm trying to remember who it was that like sunk my lineup hard. It could have been Demonis Sabonis went on like a really bad run, um, and I'm a sucker for a Gonzaga graduate. So, yep. uh, I think he cost me there. Um, but the week before, I hit. So, you know, we're we're at about 500 so far in the last. <laughs> there you go. That's all you can ask. Gambling is a, is a dice throw. There you go, 50-50. All right, let's move on. Lightweights. Ferris Zion versus Terrence McKinney. McKinney's T-Rex, and Zion is the smile killer, which is an underrated nickname, I think. I think both of them are great. They are. Very good, very good. All right, let's start, start with Zion, smile killer. 12-3, five knockouts, four submissions. He's been stubbed twice, so two out of three losses via submission. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights after dropping his debut. He's the hit champ, whatever H-I-T is. I can't remember. I think it might just be hit. Um, he's the LFC champ, whatever that is. I can't remember. Do you know LFC? I don't. No, not that one. We'll say, no, legacy something else. I was going to say legacy. Maybe it's legacy. <laughs> just there's, not legacy. Probably, there's probably more <laughs> there's than probably one legacy. legacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. This is a lightweight, but he has fought at welterweight. He has fought at middleweight. He's three inches taller, two inches of reach, three years younger, the more active striker, minus 105. T-Rex who has burst onto the UFC scene. How many fights did you say he's fought in 2021? This is fight he's, five? This is, this is the fifth fight in, in 2021, and he's been in the yeah. cage less than two minutes. Right. He T-Rex opponents. He's 11-3 with five knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out himself twice, two out of three, losses via knockout. Um, is he the guy that was KO'd by a police taser two back in the day? Is he the guy uh-huh. with that video? Um, I'm not There's some guy sure. I remember. Possibly, he he nearly died of a drug overdose at one point. Yeah, that was him. Like, then, yes. Turned his life around. Yeah. Yes. There's a video of yeah cops using having to tase him a bunch of times. Uh, 
to take him down. But he has turned things around now, and he's become a fan favorite. Um, one, because he won via knockout in his UFC debut. Um, he took that on short notice, right? Did he not? Yeah, uh, yes, he took that on short notice because Matt Frivola was supposed to fight, I believe, whoever I interviewed that week. <laughs> there you go, Top Turtle Curse, which we've decided doesn't exist anymore. It did exist back then. So um, he was oh, one. It was Frank Camacho. That's when he got yes. in the car accident. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's the one that you put in the car accident. Right. I remember now. Um, he lost in the Contender Series. He lost to someone good, though. He lost to the gentleman who John, just fought John, last John week. John Woodson. Yes, exactly. The gentleman that we uh, won money on. He's won four straight fights. He's the FSF champ. Do you know FSF? SFS. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the S is probably, no. I think one of the S is probably fight, you would say? Fighting? Federation? Yeah, pro- probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor, but we're talking, well, he's got he's has two, two fights inside the octagon, technically, so. Fairly small sample size. Um, minus 115. So this one's basically, this is one of those pickums or close to pickums on the board. I'll take T-Rex at minus 115, please. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to go with T-Rex, too. Um, I am a, I am, yeah, it's really tough for me. The, the thing that bothers me the most about this pick is the reach that Ferris Zayim is going to have. Yep. Um, because T-Rex has got that power. You know, like, if you look back at his record, you're right. He did lose to Sean Woodson. That was back at 145 pounds. The only four fights he has on his record that are at 55 are all this year. They're the, all the big knockouts that he's had, you know, just seconds or minutes into the first round. So, like, since going up, he's, like, found extra power. He's clean with his boxing, all that kind of stuff. But you do have to worry about, like, you know, Matt Frivola has got a wildly smaller reach than Ferris Zayim and is trying to do a very yeah. different thing, whereas Zayim likes to stick and move. So, I am going with McKinney here. I don't. I'm not. Su- I don't feel super good about it, but I do think um, he just needs to land one. So I'm going to give him a chance to land that one. Yep, agreed. Hopefully it's you know a brawl and he can land that one. Um, women's strawweight Luma Lukbunmi versus uh, I think Loopy's uh, a favorite of our podcast, isn't she? Loopy Godinez. I think she can call her podcast favorite. Yeah, she she is on the uh, she's on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week alongside of Terrence McKinney. There you go. I'm talking about our podcast, Sam, but fine, fine. She's, <laughs> she's a friend of that podcast too. Loopy is back again. Um, she's she's uh, Terrence McKinney, very similar to Terrence McKinney, just taking as many fights as she can get. Um, Luma Look Boomy actually is her nickname. Um, she's got a bunch of other names, um, Thai names that. The linguist can say, but I don't feel like it. So, because uh, she goes by Luma Look Boomy, so we'll just stick with that. Uh, she's six and two with one knockout uh, on her career. Three and one in the UFC. She won two straight fights. She also was two and zero oh in Invicta before this. She is a Muay Thai champion, three years younger than Godinez, two and a half times more active striking, plus one twenty. Lupita Lupi Godinez. I also have written down here that she's kind of Canadian. I, I think she's officially she moved to Canada when she was fourteen. I believe I read from Mexico so out to Vancouver. So, uh, well, we'll say she's Canadian. Um, she is six and two with one knockout, one submission. She's never been finishing a fight. One and two in the UFC. She's gone loss, win, loss, lost her last fight. Um, used to, she fought up at flyweight. Was that last fight she was flyweight? I think it was. Yeah, because right? it was on yeah. seven days notice. Yes. Um, weren't two of her three fights? Her for her debut was short notice too, right? Um, she or maybe the, uh, she fight maybe the not. debut again. I have to think about who she fought in her debut again. 
Oh um, yeah, the the Jessica Penny one was on short notice. Yep. Yep. She is one of those people take a fight whenever, wherever. All right. So she's gonna loss win loss. What else can I tell you about her? She fought up weight class switch of that. She was the LFA champ. We know that league. Um, the BTC champ. You know BTC? Yeah, it's uh, uh it's the one in Canada. Uh, oh, they've got they've got Sarah Kaufman fighting this weekend in in that organization. Yes. All right. Um, inch taller than Look Boomy. Grappling stats in her favor. She's taking this fight on short notice once again. Minus one fifty four. I will go against my short notice stats and I will take Loopy in this to grapple her way to victory here. Um, hopefully, last fight it was the size that was the issue. This should not be an issue in this fight. Now she's back down at straw weight. So I, I'm going to debate you a little bit on that one because I am going right. to take Loma Lugbume, and, and I'm going to say I do think some of it was size. I also think some of it was facing somebody who has that tie style and is really good in the clinch um, because that's where Luana Carolina was able to, like, punish her, right? Like, when she went in for takedowns, she knows her way around the clinch and could, like, land knees to the body and do what she needed to there. And I think Loma Lukbume fits that same profile of, like, somebody who, when you go to take her down, she is good in the clinch. She's good at preventing the takedowns. She's got her own foot sweeps, which she's actually really good at, too, as as we talked a little bit about with, against Sam Hughes, the Sam page. So I, I do think, like, this fight will completely reveal itself in 10 seconds. Like, this pick of Loma Lugbume will be either, like, a genius pick 10 seconds into the fight or a really dumb one 10 seconds into the fight because it's pretty much going to come down to was Lupita Gudinez's last loss because of size or because of tie-style striking in, in clinch work? And, like, if it's clinch work, then she's going to lose this fight to Loma Lugbume. Yeah. And if it's due to size, she's probably going to win this fight against Loma Lugbume. So um, I'm going to say I think it might be a stylistic issue, and I'll take the plus money. All right. Uh, she will be getting this filling in for Cheyenne Bays, in case you're wondering. Um, Bays has got another fight already lined up coming up. So, all right. Um not like I'm, I'm not feeling real confident here, Dan. I should, but you sound so much smarter. <laughs> you sound, sound so much smarter than I do. And this is why I got all the fans hitting me up. It's because I, I, I got the smart sound sounds. Yeah, yeah, I sound good. <laughs> but, but the, but the stats say otherwise. But anyhow, let's move on. Um, lightweights again, I think. Yes, Rafa Garcia, Nathan Levy. Um, Levy is making his debut. Can you tell us any, before I go through all the stats, anything we should know about Levy? He's the only Israeli fighter in the UFC, I believe, currently. Um, but is there anything betting-wise we should know about him before I break it down? Um, he was he was supposed to fight uh, back in April. Uh, they had him originally booked with Austin Hubbard, which gives you a little bit of insight to what they thought he was, like how good he was. Yeah. Um, he, he fought his entire pro career in LFA before fighting on the Contender Series. So um, you can, while like not the best names in LFA, you can assure that there's some like pretty good dudes in there. Yep, very true. Uh, he needs a nickname though. He has no nickname. Uh, Garcia's gifted. For a nickname. All right. Um, let's start with the newcomer, Levy, first. 6-0. Three submission wins. This will be his debut. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series, one via submission. Why didn't he get a contract, Dan? He did get a contract, I believe. He got oh, a yes, and, and, and then he was supposed to make his debut, right. and, and it uh, fell through because I think yes. he got hurt. Yes, that was last last season. Right. Okay. Uh, two inches of height, one inch of reach. 
striking and grappling stats in his favor, but we're talking one fight sample size for him. Minus 109. This is another close to a pick on the boards. Gifted Garcia, 11-2, and two, one knockout, seven submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 0-2 in the UFC. He was the Kambache champion before the UFC. Three years younger, two and a half times more active striker. But like I said before, small sample size. Minus 118. Another tough one to pick. I like Garcia's resume better um, over Levy's, so I will take Garcia. I have a feeling Dan's going opposite again. Yeah, we're going to go opposite again. Man, this oh, prelim card is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I like Levy here. I like the, his ability to wrestle, like in his last couple of fights. Um, he he kind of reminds me of, and we're going to talk about a couple of these guys, including one next fight. He kind of reminds me of, like, the Daniel Gracie jiu-jitsu guys where – He's got really good top game wrestling and de- good positioning, but he's also like always looking for rear naked chokes and always looking for for like arm triangle chokes. He likes like high percentage submissions like that that like hold your opponent down. Um, and Rafa Garcia, like I mean, like he committed to trying to wrestle Chris Gutier or uh, Chris Grutzmacher in his last fight. He got a bunch of takedowns, but like no control time. Uh, he's really hittable. Um, which which we've kind of seen, he just kind of moves forward crazily. So, um, yeah, like I, I think his resume is better. I, I will give him that, and he's super tough. But uh, he he has lost to Chris Grutzmacher and Nazarat Hakpras, which I think Levy has got kind of a similar style that he can replicate from those two. Oh boy, one of us is in trouble, Dan. Hopefully, it's you. All right. Um, I forgot to tell I mean, you. Either that, either that or we're both super mediocre. <laughs> That's true. We may just be flopping back and forth with picks here. Uh, I forgot to tell you, both these cards are, uh, main card and the prelims are on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I usually like to give you all the start times and all that stuff. Uh, now that we're almost through the prelims, maybe I will give you that now. Um, if I can actually load it up and remember. 2 p.m. Start, I believe. 2 p.m. is the prelims? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and then the main card's what? Yeah, okay, and then the main card's four, I think. Does that sound right? Yeah, probably four or five. Maybe five. I'm not sure exactly. Let's see. I'm looking. I think we do. And we'll I'm going to the MMA Manifesto. I'm going to my own website to see what I wrote because I already forgot the start times for these cards. But like I said, they're both on ESPN+. Oh, they're pre- actually prelims, on prelims are at, up here. Prelims are now on at three, main card at six. I think they were pushed due there to the cancellation. Three Eastern for the prelims, ESPN Plus, six Eastern for the main card, ESPN Plus also. Okay. Mention that because we are at our prelim main event, Featherweight Tucker Lutz versus Pat Sabatini. Um, Lutz is top gun. He is 12-1, six knockouts, two submissions, 1-0 in the UFC, 2-0 in the Contender Series. Why did it take him two shots at it, Dan? Because he's a boring wrestler type and Dana White hates that shit. (laughs) That's true. So it took him 12 straight wins, no, actually 11 straight wins to get into the UFC. Now it's 12 straight wins. He was the Shogun uh, fighting federation or something champion, Shogun something champion. Uh, He used to fight up at lightweight. He's taking this on short notice. Two inches of reach, four years younger, three times more active striker, um, better grappler stat-wise, plus 115. Sabatini, 15-3, two knockouts, 10 submissions, 2-0 in the UFC. He won via submission in his last fight. He's won four straight fights. CFFC champ, we know that league, minus 150. I think I'm going to go against you again here, Dan. I have a feeling what you're picking. Yeah, you I'm, I'm a, I'm an op- yeah, I'm an open book. You're an open book. I'm taking Tucker Lutz. Yeah, I'm going to take Tell that Sabatini. I'm wrong. 
I'm going to take Pat Sabatini, and it's not necessarily because I'm a CFFC guy. It's because I'm a Henzo Gracie Philly guy. Um, the right. team Team Daniel Gracie right now is is one of my favorite teams between Sabatini and Petrosky and and Sean Brady, who we'll talk about later on, and Jeremiah Wells. They're building a hell of a camp down there. I think Sabatini here. The, the brilliant part of this is like I think he's probably a better wrestler than Tucker Lutz. If he's not a better wrestler than Tucker Lutz, Tucker Lutz is going to have to watch out for submissions as he wrestles. And I think I think Sabatini's got the advantage on the feet. So, like, he's going to pop him a couple of times on the feet. Lutz is going to take a bad shot. He's probably going to get guillotined or reversed or something like that. Um, and I see Sabatini finishing him here. Remember, Pat Sabatini is the guy who submitted Jamal Embers with a heel hook in his debut. I, like, you got to be high on his submission skills. Now, notice, Dan, I have stats to back my pick. Dan is just going with his imagination here, telling you exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. So imagination or analysis? All imagination. I'll take the guy who's three times more active striking, has a longer reach, and is stat-wise a better grappler. So I will gladly take that in 12 straight wins. So there you go. I, I mean, you, you can take that, but, but sometimes when we say that somebody's a better grappler and he's grappled only Kevin Aguilar and Sherrard Blackledge on those statistics, I have less uh, legitimacy in that than Pat Sabatini going toe-to-toe with Jamal Emers and submitting them. That's true. This is going to be a fun prelims. Um, <laughs> yeah, did we pick? We picked two the same. <laughs> I think so. Two out of what? Seven? I think we both Something took like Terrence that. McKinney, right? And we yep. both took we... Luana Pinero. Yes. And oh that's, boy, that, that's it. <laughs> this could be your this could be your chance, Dan, to catch up. We're gonna have to put a poll up on uh, the the SGPN uh, Twitter account, and people can yes. say if they're Team Gumby or, or Team Fox on the prelims. All right, <laughs> that's a good idea. That, that is a good idea. You know, this is a good idea. Using Sobat. Since when has sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBad has taken the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBad is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBad.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to, to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io, that's SoBet, S-O-B-E-T dot I-O, today to join the revolution. And if you've not joined our revolution yet, make sure you download the SGPN app. We're now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. We give you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss us an app review, please, and thank you. Make sure you grab the app if you haven't already. All right, main card time. We decided it was 6 p.m. Eastern. It's going to start on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the first fight, Bantamweights, David Grant versus Adrian Yanez. Uh, um, dangerous Davy Grant against no nickname Yanez. So dangerous Davy Grant, 13 and 5. Three knockouts, eight submissions. He's been subbed himself four times. So four out of his five losses have come via submission. He's four and four in the UFC. He's won, however, he's won three of his last four fights. He won three straight and then lost his last fight. 
his last two wins are via knockout. He's 1-0 on the Ultimate Fighter. He was the SNA champ. Do you know SNA, Dan? I don't in this context. No. Neither do I. Um, He's an inch taller. Striking and grappling stats in his favor, plus 230. Yanez, 14-3, nine knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 3-0 in the UFC. All of them come have come via TKO or KO. All of those wins. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's won seven straight fights. Four of them, four straight via knockout or, or uh, TKO, technical knockout. And six of his last seven wins have come via TKO or KO. He was 1-0 in Bellator. He used to fight at... Featherweight, this is a lightweight, right? Uh, Bantamweight, okay. He used to fight upper weight class at Featherweight. Um, he's an inch, got an inch of reach, eight years younger, one and a half times more active striker of the two men, minus 313. Now, Dan gets to shine and pick first this time. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Adrian Yanez. Um, and, and I'm saying this as a guy who is a huge Davy Grant fan. Um, like, I, I love watching that dude fight. I love how tough he was. He broke his, his jaw in that Martin Day fight and came back and won by knockout when everybody was just calling him a submission specialist. Like, impressive as hell. Uh, I think in this fight, the problem is, is he's just up against a guy who's so much more technical than him on the feet and has good takedown defense. Like, I don't think Inez is going to wind up on the mat with him here. And really, that's the only place I see Davy Grant winning. So, uh, I, I don't like Davy Grant's chances in this one. I'm going to go with Yanez. Yanez is my pick, too, and I'm not trailing him. Um, always take – I'm not trailing Dan. I'm always taking – or tailing Dan, for that matter. Always taking – if it's stri- striker versus grappler, I will take the striker. Please and thank you. Yeah. That's and, in and, my favorite. And, and Grant has got, like, a little bit of strike. Like, his striking is better than people give it credit for. But, like, he's – he's what is he? Did you say he's 38? Like he, he's not a young yeah, guy he's been anymore. Forever. <laughs> yeah, he's, yep, he's, he's been around forever. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Yanez. Faster, gonna be stronger on the feet. All right, I, I didn't say how old he was. Actually, he might be 38. He might be 35 for all I know. But um, Yanez is eight years younger. I know that much. So, all right, moving on. It still says Wikipedia is not uh, not changing things. They're saying she's still Joanne Calderwood, but she's now officially Joanne Wood. Or we can call her Joanne Calderwood squared, perhaps. Joanne Calderwood Wood. Um, she's fighting in women's flyweight belt versus Talia Santos, who I don't like how her name's spelled. The I should be after the L, correct? If it was it's, Talia. Tal- it's, it's Talia Santos. It should be Tail Ah Santos. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. Okay, all right. She has no nickname either, which is a problem. Uh, JoJo Wood is the nickname. It's JoJo. 15-6, five knockouts, one submission. He's been subbed three times in his in her career, excuse me, so half of her losses have come via submission. 7-6 in the UFC. She's gone. Loss, win, loss, win, loss over her last five fights. Last one being a loss. She's 1-1 one one in the Ultimate Fighter. She used to fight at strawweight, up at flyweight. She was 4-0 and in Invicta. She also was a pro kickboxer where she went 19-2 and was the champion. She's one and a half times more active striker of the two, plus 260. Santos, 18-1, 10 knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in the fight. 3-1 in the UFC. She lost her debut and won three straight. She was 1-0 in the Contender Series. She also used to – actually, she used to fight up a weight class. She used to fight at Bantamweight while Wood used to fight down at Strawweight. Um, she was the Aspera FC champ. She's three has three inches of reach over Wood, eight years younger than her. Striking and grappling stats in her favor, minus 350. Go right ahead. Uh, I'm going to take Talia Santos. Um, I, I think, you know, like 
everybody got really high on Andrea Lee last week um, in all that she was, like, doing in that, that fight. But, like, I think Talia Santos is what people think she is. Um, she's, like, a really good striker. She's shown that she can, like, take it to the ground. I mean, she took Roxanne Montabari to the ground in a fight where he didn't think she was going to do that. She's gone toe-to-toe with Jillian Robertson, Molly McCann. Um, all, all of that stuff uh, gives me an infinite amount of, of respect for it. Now she hasn't been super active, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but like watching her piece up Roxanne Matafari like that, not that, that Joanne Wood is not a better striker, but I, I think she's going to piece up Joanne Wood here. And I also think she's probably going to take her down a bunch too. There you go. I am agreeing also. Uh, I forgot. I didn't make my pick yet. Uh, Santos was my pick all along. Dan is not swaying me. I will take her minus 350. Yeah, Woods kind of, uh, ever since she took that fight, uh, instead of taking the title fight, she took a fight on short notice. It's kind of been downhill for her since then. Yeah. Um, and and I, don't, I don't know necessarily that she's been worse, but, like, she, she's faced some really tough competition. So, yeah, I, I'll, give her, I'll give her a slight pass on that. I don't think it's, like, rattled her or something like that. But no, this, no, is no. A, this is a bad matchup for her. Yep. There seems to be a lot recently. For, so this this would break her streak, though, or loss, win, loss, win, loss. So maybe we're making a mistake here. But anyhow, Santos is our pick for uh, pick for this one. Regardless, Bantamweights, Hani Yaya versus Kyung Ho Kang. Um, Kyung Ho Kang has two nicknames, Mr. Perfect and Typhoon. Maybe you can put them together. Maybe he's the Mr. Perfect Typhoon. I've only heard Mr. Perfect. Typhoon is yeah, new. I, yeah. I saw that somewhere. Maybe it was Wikipedia. Maybe someone playing playing, playing tricks on me. <laughs> this is actual pick'em fight on the board when I broke it down yesterday. Let's tell you about Mr. Perfect, the Mr. Perfect Typhoon first. He's 18-8 with one no contest. He's won two fights via knockout, one, 11, excuse me, via submission. Six and two with one no contest in the UFC. He's gone three and O oh over his last three, and he's won six of his last seven fights. However, he's been out since December of 2019. He's the Road FC champ, or was, excuse me, the Road FC champ. He used to fight at lightweight. He used to fight at uh, featherweight, excuse me, and, and now he's at bantamweight. Um, he's got three inches height over Yaya, six inches of reach, three years younger, striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 115. Hani Yaya, 27, 10-1 with one no contest. He's won 21 fights via submission. Um, 12, 4, and 1 with one no contest in the UFC. He's gone 4, 1, and 1 over his last six. He won his last fight. He also was in WEC, WEC Never Die, where he was 4 and 3. He made his debut in the sport in September of 2002. He has been around forever. He also was a BJJ champ. He also used to fight at lightweight and at featherweight, like minus 15, 115 back for him also. So this is a pick 'em. Who are you picking in the pick 'em? I'm going to go with Hani Yaya, both because I'm a WEC homer, hard. Um, and this is a really hard one to, to tell because Kyung Ho Kang should probably have a wrestling advantage, but I don't know necessarily that he's dumb enough to engage in wrestling with Hani Yaya. And I don't know that his takedown defense is good enough to avoid all the takedowns from Hani Yaya. So it'll be interesting to see who's like, who's got the intent to go for that takedown first, but I really do like Hani Yaya here. I think even if Kyung Ho Kang goes for it first, I mean, he's got submissions off of his back. He, he counters well. He sweeps well. Like, th- there's a reason the guy's still around at this fucking age, and it, it's because his jujitsu is so damn good. So, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Hani in this one. I am going with Kang 
bigger Konos and Kang. Um, bigger. <laughs> this is a Simpsons episode. Finally, we're finally back to the Simpsons. Um, bigger, younger, better striker. That's that's all. That's all I, I need to uh, hear to, to pick a fighter. So I will take him. But um, and he's got a submission game of his own. So. Tang is the pick, and we finally differed on the main card. Um, all right, this next one could be probably the best the best um, fight on this card. This one could be the main event. Welterweights, Michael Chiesa versus Sean Brady. Um, Maverick Chiesa will break down first. He's 18-5, 11 submissions. He's been subbed himself four times via submissions. So four out of his five losses have come via submission. Uh, he's 11-5 in the UFC. He's won four of his last five. He lost via submission his last fight. Uh, he's 4-0 on the Ultimate Fighter, where he was the champion of that season. He used to fight at lightweight. He was the LOTC champ. You know that promotion, Dan. L-O-T-C. Is that a North, Pacific, like Pacific Northwestern promotion I'm remembering? Sure. That, that's where he's from, so sure, yes. Yeah, I think it was we'll in the Pacific that. Northwest. Lords of the Cage, I believe, is what it's called. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. He's three inches taller. Got three inches of reach over Brady. Uh, plus 130. Sean Brady, 14-0. Oh, three knockouts, four submissions. He's won four, all four of his UFC fights. Last two via submission. He's the CFFC champion, or he was CFFC champion. He also used to fight at lightweight. He's five years younger than Kiesa. Striking and striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Plus, he's two times more active striker. Minus 176. Superfan, John, can't wait for us to break down this fight, Dan, so let's do it. I mean, it, it, I, I think everybody knows who I'm picking. I, I even got uh, one of our uh, one of our fans who listened to the podcast who, who texted me said or uh, messaged me in uh, a Facebook message, well, I know you're going with, <laughs> with Sean Brady, which I was like, man, am I that fucking transparent? But, yeah, I'm going with Sean Brady here. Here's the deal and how I made this decision. So I, I've been thinking a lot about how – Michael Chiesa's wrestling's good, right? Like, there, there's no doubt about that. His submission skills are good. But I drew two things that really helped me, you know, finalize that I'm picking Sean Brady here. And, of course, I was always leading it because, as I said, I'm big into Team Daniel Gracie right now out of Henzo Gracie Philly. I, I think what they're doing down there is incredible, building these, like, big, heavy-looking wrestlers who've got good jiu-jitsu skills. Here's the thing about Michael Chiesa. Everybody has been saying, like, oh, he's he's different now that he's up at Bantamweight, right? Or welterweight, rather. Well, he's different up at welterweight. He's a better wrestler, right? And he, he's he's able to do what he – but look at who he's fought. He fought Carlos Condit first, who's notoriously a, a god-awful wrestler, right? Like, that's yeah. what we know about Carlos Condit. The second fight he fought against Diego Sanchez, who isn't really a welterweight. He's fought at lightweight a mess of times, right? So he fought another lightweight. Then he fought Rafael Dos Anjos, another lightweight, right? And, and then he fought Neil Magny, which I, we can give him credit for Neil Magny, but Neil Magny's not shaped, even in the slightest way like Sean Brady is, right? Sean Brady is a juice box, whereas Neil Magny's long and lanky and, and fights that style. Then Vicente Luque chokes him out. Uh, and once I, I remembered, you know, Vicente Luque choked him out. Vicente Luque is pretty damn good. I went back and looked at all of his most recent losses. Uh, in Michael Chiesa's most recent losses, submission loss to Vicente Luque, submission loss to Anthony Pettis, submission loss to Kevin Lee, TKO'd by Joe Lozon, submission loss to Jorge Masvidal. Um, and granted, that goes back quite a long ways to get to all of those losses because he does have an incredible record. But 
Of those fighters who beat him, four out of the five beat him by submission. And the one that I draw the most from is Kevin Lee. Uh, Kevin Lee is built like Sean Brady is, and he took him down pretty easily. Uh, And granted, again, at lightweight, but I think Sean Brady is a massive welterweight. I sort of think we're going to see a performance that looked like when Kevin Lee beat Michael Chiesa. He's going to take him down. He's going to be on top. He's going to, like, pressure pass and all that kind of stuff, get in good positions, beat the hell out of him, wear him out. I I like Sean Brady quite a bit in this fight based on – I just don't think Chiesa has fought anybody like that other than Kevin Lee, and he looked awful doing it. Yep, Sean Brady is the pick for me as well. Um, No no tailing once again. Um, Better striker. That could be that could be the the difference here if if both of their grappling um, negates each other and yeah Kiesa yeah I just I see him physically manhandling Kiesa in this fight and uh, Kiesa is also um, he gets submitted a lot so I could see Brady submitting him as well or or just grinding out a win so yeah Brady is the pick um, I'm liking the minus one seventy six line that comes back on that. Yeah, yeah, I actually think that line's really nice. Um, I, I think the fact that you're not getting him at negative 200 with the hype that's behind him is, is pretty yep. awesome. Or, or is he uh, getting set up for his first prospect loss, Dan? I mean, like, Kiesa, and, you know, I really thought about that a lot before I picked Sean Brady uh, because, you know, like I said, I, I am a fan of his, and I try not to just pick people I'm a fan of. You saw me avoid Davey Grant, sadly, um, and I really like – Joanne Calderwood, Joe, Joe, Joe Calderwood, Wood, um, Joe, Joe, Wood, Wood. Um, so like I'm fans of all them, but like didn't pick them. So I wanted to make sure I like did my due diligence and I think there's a possibility that happens, but the fact that Kiesa has had trouble with people like him before gives me a lot of, a lot of confidence in it. Um, you know, like, and, and it's not like he's got a bad gas tank either, right? Like, didn't he go the distance with, um, well, he almost went the distance with Jake Matthews before submitting him. He went, you know, the distance with Court McGee or Ismail Nardiev. So, like, it's not like we've never seen him go deep into fights, too. His strength of schedule is a bit of a concern to me because other than Matthews, he really – he's had it kind of easy throughout his first four UFC fights, wouldn't you say? I think Ismail Nardiev is a beast. He's um, gone, though, is he not? I, he's gone uh, kind of on an unfair premise, too, though. Like, he stepped in on short notice – and uh, beat the hell out of Michel Prezerich. Uh He beat C.R. Bahadur Zara, and he went two and two. And then I think he chose to leave. I don't think he was fired. Okay. I think his contract was up. Went two and two. Lost to Sean Brady and Chance Rancounter, who uh, is, is like a poor man Sean Brady. Like, he was like a wrestler type, too. So I think some of that is tough. And also, I will say this about Sean Brady's strength of schedule. So, Court McGee, tough wrestler. Yeah. Ishmael Nardiev. Tough wrestler. Jake Matthews, tough wrestler. So, like, his resume is filled with guys like that. And even, we can go deeper than that, too. He beat Gilbert Urbina, finalist on the Ultimate Fighter on the regional circuit. He beat Colton Smith, winner of the Ultimate Fighter, and notorious good wrestler on the regional circuit. Um, He also beat Aaron Jeffrey, uh, the guy who was just on uh, Dana White's Contender Series, who I was talking about, you know, who I really liked and just thought he was, he ran into an unfortunate matchup. He's fought good dudes for a really long time and a lot of guys who can wrestle really well for a really long time. So I just think he's had experience with Kiesa's type and Kiesa hasn't done so well against his type. Yep, that's true. Hopefully this is good for you, Superfan Jong. 
Um, let's move to the main event. Women's Bantamweights. Ketlin Vieira versus Misha Tate. Misha Cupcake Tate, of course. Vieira's phenomenon. Phenomeno. Phenomeno. We just had El Phenomeno last. Uh, our friend, Joel Alvarez, is El Phenomeno, is he not? Yes. He's, he, he, is. he is definitely the Phenom. <laughs> yes. This one, she, Vieira, is just Phenom. Um, there's no La or L or anything before her name. All right. This, like I said, this will be our women's Bantamweight main event. Um, let's break it down first with Cupcake Tate. 19-7. Four knockouts, seven submissions. She's been knocked out twice in her career and submitted three times. She's six and four in the UFC. She made her return, triumphant return, by TKOing um, Menon Renault earlier this year. Um, what else can I tell you? She was the former uh, UFC bantamweight champion in her past life. She also was in Strikeforce, where she went six and two and was the champion there. She also was the FCF champion. Did we not just mention FCF earlier? I think we did, didn't we? Yeah, you mentioned that twice today. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. No, Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. Oh, no, that was a different one. It was FSF, I think. Anyhow, she was FCF champ. Who cares? Uh, She also was a a grappling champ. Minus 105. So the main event is pretty much a pick-em also. Phenomeno Vieira. 11-2, 11-2, two knockouts, four submissions, 5-2 and two in the UFC. She's going to loss, win, loss. She lost her last fight. She also missed weight her last fight. Um, she was Mr. Cage champ, which seems kind of um, – <laughs> it's like when you call um, uh, someone's wife Mr. Whoever uh, or Mrs. Mrs. Daniel Reland. It's Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem right. Anyhow, she was Mr. Cage champ, though, uh, also the big way champ. Dan is a big fan of both those promotions. Um, I've never heard of <laughs> You should watch Mr. Cage. Um, two inches taller, three inches of reach, five years younger. The more active striker. Grappling stats also in her favor, minus 120. Break her down. So I'm going to say this. I, I'm, I'll lead with the fact that I'm going to pick Misha Tate. Um, I am not. Ah, really? In, in yes. you, uh, Tough one, though, so maybe, I'm, maybe I'm about to tell you exactly the reasons you're not going to pick her. Is that – so I think if we see the Misha Tate that I believe is still in there and was yep. there three years ago, and I don't mean the Raquel Pennington lost one, but the <laughs> the one who made it to the title and, and fought for the title, and heck, maybe even the one who fought Amanda Nunes. If that one is still in there, I believe that she beats Catlin Vieta. I believe she beats her every single time. Because that one wrestled really well. Uh, and we just watched Catlin Vieta get, like, countered and the crap beat out of her by, by Yana Kunitskaya, who is not known for her wrestling. So if that's in there for Misha Tate in addition to – it looked like her boxing took big jumps forward in that Marion Renault fight. I think if that, that we see that Misha Tate, she wins this fight. The problem is, and the reason I'm so hesitant, and the reason I would never put her in a parlay right now, is that she's she, we, we don't know anything about what this Misha Tate looks like, right? She was away for all that time. She had two kids. She comes back. She beats the hell out of Marion Renault on a four-fight losing streak and literally announcing her retirement before the fight, right? Like, what stock can you put in that victory? Now, she did finish her, which nobody had done to Marion Renault in her whole career, but also, like, she finished a 44-year-old who had announced her retirement and was in the ready to take her fifth straight loss. So I'm not ready to give a whole bunch of stock to Misha Tate there, but I do just kind of believe she was training enough through all that time away that we're, there, there's still a semblance of 
that good wrestler that we, you know, that, that beat the hell out of fucking Holly Holm. Like, if that fighter is still in there, she has no problem with Ketlin Vieta. So maybe I'm bag, you know, banking on, like, my old belief that it could hang through, but I, I could definitely see if in your shoes here you're taking Ketlin Vieta, I'm saying you're most likely guessing that's not still in her. Yeah, it, it, it's the unknown um, is what I'm, I'm betting against, I guess. Um, like, who knows how Tate's going to look in a five-round fight also. Um, she looked very good against – I called her Manon Renault, I believe. It's um, See how quickly how quickly I, you forget these people once they retire. Marion Renault. My, my apologies, Ms. Renault. Well, it's because Mar- um, Mar- Marion – Manon Fioreau sounds Right, like yes. Marion yes. Renault. Oh, yes. True. We like Manon Fioreau on this podcast. Um Anyhow, this is not a Manon Fierro podcast, this episode at least. The Daniel Grayson yeah, podcast. We, we talked about that. <laughs> and it's not a who's, – who's the guy we, you just went in on? Um, I already forgot. The guy who just got cut, you say – no, he, he left uh, Nardia. Oh, Ishmael Nardia. I'm, 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 I'm pro Nardiev. I'm pro Nardiev. I'm pro Nardiev. We're all pro Nardiev. Um, we are – what did we decide? We're anti um, – we're, we're pro – we're not pro murder, but we'll accept murder, but we won't accept genocide. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, back to Cupcake. Yeah, I she did look very good, but that was, like you said, there's a lot of qualifiers in that last fight. This is five rounds against a fighter who's quite younger than her and bigger than her and um, obviously far more active over the past few years. So I guess I'm betting against the unknown uh, of Kate. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked to see her win, um, hence the close line. I'm sure um, most people are kind of on the fence about this fight. So um, it could go either way. Hopefully it will go my way, though. Yeah, I always, it, always it's, one I don't, it's one I don't – it's one I, bottom line, just don't feel good about at all. Like, yeah. I, 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 this is one, if we didn't have our rule where you bet $100 on every fight, this is one to avoid. <laughs> yeah. This is one to exactly. just stay away from. This is what – this is what the uh, – this type of fight Tate needs, though, if, if they want to – Get her up to title or, contention. Or Fetus, another Amanda Nunes, <laughs> Misha Tate fight. Exactly. That, that's what we all want, right? That's. I mean, I can't think of anything I want more. <laughs> nip, nip the comeback in the bud. Have her uh, get destroyed by Amanda Nunes. All right. Um, you went against our one of our old hashtags, throw, throw her in a parlay. You said do not throw this one in do, a parlay. Do not man. throw her in a parlay. We'll talk about right. the 10 to 1, the, the Super Fan Jong special coming up later. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> You have anything else to say about the main event? No, I, I, I like I, I like the co-main event better. Yeah, me too. I think it would be a better five-round like fight too. I yeah. think the yeah. the five-round nature of of Brady versus uh, Kiesa would answer more questions too. So, mm-hmm. um, but it is it I is like what it is. Both. Yeah, yeah, I like both fights. It's a, it's a good right. fight card, top to bottom, really. It is. Yeah, it, it's not like I said, it doesn't come out great on paper, but it's got a lot of interesting fighters on it. So that, yep. that's all you can ask for, and a lot of a lot of tough picks, which means if we if I hit them, then we're gonna make a lot of money. If, <laughs> but I guess everybody just tails Dan, so hopefully Dan hits all of his picks, and you all can make a lot of money because there's a lot of close lines here. So, all right, give him some props to hit and some parlays to hit. So the first one I'm gonna take is Sean Brady by submission. Um, we talked yep. about how how Case has lost a bunch by submission, uh, including to somebody who fights similarly to Sean Brady. You can get that at plus two seventy five, um, which I think is, you know, if, if you already if you already like Brady, you might want to dabble on that line a little bit as well. In, in on the opening fight, I talked about how Luana Pinero is a finisher, and Sam Hughes is super tough. Um, but it, like if you want a little action on that first fight, and you're looking to Drop $100 on every single fight. Why not drop on Luana Pinero by finish? Um, and you don't have to pick submission or 
or, or TKO because I think she could get either of them. But you can get just a finish straight up at plus 140 right now is what I'm seeing it at. So uh, I, I like both of those particularly. Uh, the rest of the card, kind of hard to see. Tons of finishes in there. You, I, I could see a lot of overs hitting. Um, but those are the two props I'm liking right now. All right. Let's, let's get our super fan Jong 10 times money minimum prop uh, parlayed back going here. All right. So the first one I, I want to put uh, in this is I, I do like Sean Brady. You know, I mentioned I like Sean Brady before. I'm going to stick with uh, pick a Sean Brady. I'm also going to take Talia Santos. I, I think despite the fact that that number is kind of high, that's like a good one to throw in a parlay. Um, let's see. Who else yeah. do I really like in this one? So I'm going to go Brady Santos. Let's go with uh, Terrence McKinney. Uh, You know, you're going to boost that number a little bit quicker with somebody like Terrence McKinney than you would with somebody else. And I'm going to go with uh, Natan Levy uh, because I like him against Hoffa Garcia and then Pinheiro, and that will give you 10 to 1. Pinheiro is going to win for sure. So we'll take Sean Brady, Talia Santos, Terrence McKinney, Nanton Levy, and Luana Pinheiro. There you go. Um, since I bailed on you last time we were making picks, I will let you have the the first choice of lock of the week. Ah, uh, lock of the week. Uh, well, it's got to be one from my list here. So it doesn't have to a, be, but yes. Dep- well, it'd, it'd be a pretty silly parlay if I've got a, a lock. And uh, it's I'm gonna say Sean Brady. Uh, I yeah. you know I've been harping on it the whole time. The numbers low. I, I really do believe in the guy. Um, in, in, you know, I probably could pick some guys with a bit, a little bit higher of numbers here, but, but his just, I mean, it makes sense. Yep. I was going to take him too. I'll, I'll take Pinera. I don't, I don't care if the number's high. It's supposed to be a lock. So you're not going to get an awesome number. So she is my lock pick at minus 425. So I'll, I'll throw a, a backup one for, for people okay. in there too. Throw, throw in, uh, Adrian Inez, which is, he's kind of like a little bit lower than Pinero, but like, I think he's going to cruise too pretty easily. All right, well, choo choo choo, Dan. Where's this train headed to now? I'm David Gobi. We're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're all done. Uh, we we should yep. remind them that they can uh, subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast specific feed because if they don't do that, they won't get these odds yep. super early, right. and then those odds lines those change because right. you know, hey, we're influencers. That's what we do. Um, and also yep. make sure that you check out all of our writing on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, or if you want some MMA-specific writing, you can check that out at MMA-Manifesto.com. Did I miss anything? Yes, you did. <laughs> our Twitter. Twitter ah, handle, yeah. Jeff, Fox, Jeff Fox Writer and Gumby Vreeland. We're taking, we're taking, I can't remember the line is. Positive, no, positive feedback and criticism. Is that what I'm supposed to say, Dan? Positive and negative feedback. Positive I think. Shockwave Dave. <laughs> tell us if you tell us if we did you good. Tell did us you write or did you dirty? Yeah, did you write or did you dirty? I don't really care if, if if I did you dirty, so don't bother complaining to me if if my picks don't come through because I don't care. <laughs> not Shockwave. I was Shockwave Jeff for a while, but I've changed my name. I'm, I don't know what I am this week. I'm going to let Dan do do the goodbyes, and we'll see what I am this week. We'll throw it back old school. I am David Gumby Freeland. He is the Arctic Jeff Fox, and we will catch you next week. No, we'll catch you on Sunday. Yeah, it's technically next week. It depends what kind of calendar you're going off of, but yes. (laughs)